Thank you for taking some time to tune into the Binmarker podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Wanted to take a second and say I'm going to stop doing seasons and just go by number of podcasts I've done. Started this podcast in uh, April of 2020 and had a really good time doing it. Shout out Kevin Kizumbing for getting me to start. Uh, and without further ado, here is today's episode, or I'm sorry, yesterday's episode, all recorded, edited, ready to go uh, with Christian Seth. Enjoy. <laughs> We have Christian Suddeth on the Binmucker podcast, my lifelong friend. How are we doing today, Christian? Hey, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you on. Um, so a lot, a lot of you know different topics we could go, but um, one thing I always loved about you is growing up, you would show me memes, especially like you know back in like I think we were so young, man, like 2005, 2010, um, and just the virality, virality. Probably said that wrong. Um, and just how quickly memes can spread and uh, influence public opinion. And, and they're just, they're so powerful. And I'm very grateful that you showed me to them. And I would love to hear your thoughts um, <laughs> about memes. Yeah, bro. There's some real weight behind it, you know? Um, shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot, a whole lot of like shit posts, but even those like have an effect, you know? Some crazy. Yeah. In fact, honestly, I think those are like the real, real hard hitters. <laughs> yes ab- absolutely the, 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 the people who uh, are talented shit posters can actually ship post well um i completely agree those are some of the best <laughs> yeah i fuck with memes hard yeah i get most of mine from uh reddit what about you i was on reddit for a while um going into 2020 i tried to like cut back on all my social medias which pretty much right. just made using reddit <laughs> like i just became obsessed with reddit um and at this point i probably use twitter more than anything reddit yeah, yeah. yeah both of them are absolute <laughs> hell holes but like I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can just go down a rabbit hole like it, it, it it's amazing how much time like I, I can spend looking at twitter and uh it's a good and a bad thing because some of the the stuff you see on that app i feel like it can get you thinking a very certain way if you don't like remember to be open-minded and check your biases and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Mm. Shit. Hold on. Yeah. No, uh, Twitter's pretty great. Uh, I personally get caught up reading, uh, like hate reading, like real dumb shit personally. Uh, personally, my, my main thing right now is tankies. I just love to read their threads. They're just so dumb. Um, what are tankies? Oh, great question. Tankies. Okay. So like, you know, people use that term to talk about a whole lot of different people. Um, the main ones though, are like people that support like the Soviet union or like China. Right. Like, you know, you've seen that thing, but, uh, they call him tank man. It's that guy holding the plastic bags and standing in front of the tanks from like Tiananmen square. Right. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tankies would be the people that support those tanks, you know? Mm. Uh, real, real goofballs. I see. I see. That, real, that's real silly bullies. <laughs> Let me ask you: Do you think you see some of those policies? And I, and I think we are far from the Soviet Union or China. Um, but recently, it seems like the U.S. government has definitely tried to become more authoritarian. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know what that that kind of thing is going to happen anytime you see like a big old. Um, like crisis, you know, people are going to use it to grab power. Uh, I think in America, we're pretty like uniquely suited to 
keeping the power for the people specifically just because it's been like that's our, that's been our deal since since our country is founded so i have faith that we'll, we'll be yeah. able to bring it back you know um americans we i guess you know we we don't we're we're real hesitant to trust the government i think that's a strong suit um but you know i, I agree we'll have to see <laughs> Out of curiosity, one thing I spend so much time like looking into recently is Bitcoin and just I feel like it is one of the most American things and it can help countries um, like Russia and China allow. And I, and I know China's banned it like 14 times at this point yeah. <laughs> or something ridiculous. Um, and we, we can talk about China, uh, but, but I feel like Bitcoin and I think it is being used in Russia a lot and help North Korea. It's being used in a lot of horrible like or authoritarian places. And um, I think it can be used as a tool for the people in those countries to transact with each other kind of outside the reaches of a government. Yeah, decentralization is based, you know. I wish I knew more about... <laughs> yeah, decentralization is based. Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I wish I knew more about Bitcoin for sure. Um, I haven't really gotten on the train. I want to, though. You know, of course, uh, they say, what is it? Like, the best time to get into it is like, you know, like five years from now, second best time is today. Um, so I really should just get out there and get some of that. But uh, yeah, I've been slacking. <laughs> out of curiosity, what is um, just like not just kind of being lazy about it? Or is there a certain thing? That yeah, no, 100% just laziness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you should you should look and, and I want to hear like your thoughts on China. Um, and I don't I don't know that much about china um but from as i as i understand it i know it's like a very top down like it's all about for the betterment of the family and also the betterment of the government learned the other day that um i, I sent you that thread where the guy was talking about how like there's two characters for the word country in china which means like nation family like the two yeah. different characters which is kind of crazy um but it's also like yeah i would love to hear yeah, yeah, that that nation family thing is kind of interesting. The way they use two characters, there's a lot of like words that are spelled out from other words, you know. Um, <laughs> like, ah, uh, there's there's an example, but I'm not going to mention it. Um, <laughs> it's little, it's little. No, come on, <laughs> say it. All right, all right. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up to make sure I'm getting it uh, getting it right. One second. The, the power of languages, though, just to be able to describe something, and like, there's so many different languages around the world, but. You know, languages can be used in authoritarian places like North Korea. Um, and I, I, I know nothing about the Chinese language um, or Mandarin, but it's amazing how like different languages around the world um, have different meanings and how just based on the accent, like, you know, French people, we think they're very romantic because of the way they speak. And mm -hmm. sometimes the way Russians speak, we can be, it sounds kind of scary, but reality, it's just like the way they pronounce words and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny how you get an idea of like, what people might be, you know, specifically because of what our ideas of how their language sounds. Yeah. Seriously. Right. We could be so wrong. You know, you meet these people and they're amazing, incredible. And yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to judge a book by its cover, listen and think a certain thing based on the way it sounds. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right. So I just uh, DM'd you the example. Uh, for the record, I didn't want to share it, but it's kind of funny. So I will. Um, the word for noisy, the character for noisy in uh, Mandarin is made up of three of the same characters for, uh, for women. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so example, yeah. uh, but, I, but I mean, that's uh, like, 
and at a woke time, like a joke like that might be taken as offensive. Um, but I feel like just trying to look back at history and it's so hard not to put our preconceived biases of the time of society and what is judged as like normal and good. Um, mm-hmm. you think back in their shoes, like what they were experiencing, what was accepted, et cetera. Um, it, it's amazing how humans can kind of be like convinced to go with the crowd. Yeah. 100%. Along those same kind of lines, you know, with the, uh, with the biases and the jokes that we used to tell, I've seen some of the, some of the jokes that I used to laugh at recently. Like, at, you know, you see like old reposts, and mm-hmm. some of them, you know, are just not as funny nowadays. I, I read it and I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, bro. I, I had that happen with uh, my Facebook memories. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd, I'd have old memes, but I'd be like, damn, like I posted that on Facebook. Ah, I know. For- <laughs> delete. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, you just gotta, you know. <laughs> yeah. I talked about it on another pod. It's crazy to think our like grandchildren will be able to, uh, Go back and like audit us, if you will, online. See our online The memes our grandchildren are gonna be looking at. <laughs> next level. Oh my god! I wish I had a fucking time machine just so I could see some of those. Someone's like, yeah. "What do you want to see in his son?" It's like, I just hope he's uh, an expert shit poster. Yeah, straight <laughs> up, dude. Oh, he will be. No chance of him off without being one. Oh my god. <laughs> or she, you know. Yeah, it's uh, some great shit memes. Yo, China. Uh, that's that's one thing that I I have hope for for America. America is just so ahead of the curve when it comes to meme cultures. Man, I I mean, like you know, I'm I'm not too patriotic, right? But that's yeah. one thing that I'm patriotic about. We are just like hard carrying meme culture as far as the rest of the world is concerned. I remember you once told me you called it a gold mine of memes that we yeah. have. Uh... And you were saying how um, China has kind of like nationalized, so the state runs all the places they build these powerful data centers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here it's like Facebook, Google. You, um, which you can argue like, do government officials walk those halls? But they also provide this great service, and but they have to pay for it. It's not nationalized here in the states. Yeah, yeah. Was that the conversation that we were talking about AI, right? Oh, yeah, a while. Yeah, we were talking about AI. Yeah, yeah. Do you think if there was like, and I, I, I pray to God there was never a hot war. I, I hope humanity is able to come together and mm-hmm. um, interact and go on to be multi-planetary. But you think if there was a hot war now, the destruction and like it would just be absolute devastation and like what what AI can do, I, I can only imagine. God, if there is a hot war, I hope it happens before AI like really hits, you know? Yeah, that would not be okay. Seriously. I mean, it's cool what AI can do, but it's also, uh, it's kind of scary. How- <laughs> yeah, like all other t- tools, you know, just like the internet it can do some great things. It can do some terrifying things, you know? We yeah. just gotta, uh, we just gotta regulate it, right? Some things that you can't even, you can't really regulate though. Like you can to a degree, but it, like, I don't know. I'm thinking of Bitcoin, of course, because mm-hmm. yeah. like our, our government has regulated it as property. Uh, so meaning mm-hmm. if you sell it, it's a taxable event. But at the same time, it's like anyone can spin up their own node, run the Bitcoin yeah. code and essentially transact without a third party, be their own bank, send value to anyone else in the world in mm-hmm. a permissionless manner that uh, unless like the unless like the Internet goes off, like you saw in Kazakhstan the other day, um, that country's going through like civil war or not i'm sorry not a civil war they um yeah right. like a bunch of protests because they, they've been under a dictatorship so fucking based yeah yeah, yeah it's good to see the people rising up and like 
take back power and, and mm-hmm. I, the internet was literally shut off by the go- the government which is ridiculous yeah um, but even then there's companies like blockstream that have satellites that you can connect to and transact uh in bitcoin and i'm sure very few people had that foresight and i hope more start to get it after seeing what's happening now in uh, kazakhstan but i i really hope that in, in the future these services just continue to expand more satellites come and we hit a point where like, you know, it's like most things, most people don't care how it works on the back end, like Twitter, Reddit, we just want to see it work. Right. And and I think Bitcoin gets to that point where like a very, I hope more people take the time to learn about it, but I think the majority of the population is probably just gonna have it on their phone in the same way we use Apple pay now with our credit cards, you know, tap. Yeah, it's just going to be a Bitcoin wallet, and you can send Sats, Satoshi's, the smallest unit of a Bitcoin, yeah. um, to, to the merchant or whoever you're transacting with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kazakhstan's in a bit of a tough place because, like, you know, they've got they've got Russia to their north and China to their like southeast, right? Yep. Um, and they are a key part of China's Belt and Road, uh, right? You know, the Belt and Road. Um, Basically, what it is is uh, China's trying to set up a, basically a, uh, you know, what's the word? Like a, a railway, right? That goes through China, and it's going to have to go through Kazakhstan to get, uh, and then go through Russia, and then that's how they're going to get goods into Europe, right? Because uh, Russia, I mean, China has historically had a tough time uh, with sending their, um, basically sending ships out because of... Uh, there's something called the first island chain that's like Indonesia, Japan, Taiwan, all those countries that form like like a parenthesis around China. Basically, every single one of those is hostile to China because China has been, you know, imperialistic in the, in the past to all of them. Yeah. Um, and ironically, the only reason they can actually get their uh, ships past the first island chain is because American neoliberal uh, trade policies has basically said, hey, you know, we're all on the same team. Uh, we're, you know, we're promoting free trade. Trade will be able to flow from any country to any country. Otherwise, you know, all of those countries are against China and they're all standing in China's way. So China sees that America is their enemy. America might pull back those protections. And so they're focusing on a trade route that goes through land, right? And that has to flow straight through Kazakhstan. So basically, um, that's all relying on the Kazakh government. And so if the government is dethroned, then, you know, there's no guarantee that the, that the people will actually let that happen. So China, basically, it's in their best interest to keep the government in place, you know, and Russia's as well. Um, shoot, I got to look into if Russia is sending natural gas to China through Kazakhstan, because that could be a big thing in their interest, too. I got to look into that. No, um, man, it, it's a, it's crazy what's going on right now in the world. Um, and, and Russia too is like seeming to be a little imperialistic with Ukraine. But now if oh, they gotta yeah. now if they gotta bring troops to Kazakhstan, am I saying that right? Kazakhstan, uh, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan? Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, I, mean, I think you're right. On, uh, yeah, the cat. Yeah, yeah. You got it. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Russia's nuts, dude. Putin's trying to like straight up make a second USSR. 
Bro, I've said I've said this on multiple podcasts, and I really do think like if you think about it, Putin's probably like the first trillionaire technically, just because I feel like oh, probably <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like he's got like he really has the central bank in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that man's checkbook is the central yeah, bank. Yeah, straight up. Or like maybe one of like the sheiks in the Middle East, right? Like the uh, the Saudi Arabian guy. What's his name? MBS Muhammad. I don't, I don't, I don't Muhammad even know. Bin Salam. I gotta look it up. I think I'm getting that wrong. Hold on. Man, geopolitics are crazy though. And uh, yeah, Mohammed bin Salam. Yeah, Al Saudi. That guy's nuts. He's probably a trillionaire, if I'm being honest. Yo, hey, uh, hot take. Saudi Arabia. You know, they're they're our allies. They're probably like top three worst countries in all the world. They're actually doing like more to promote terrorism than than Iran is. I'm not even joking about that. They are crazy over there. Why do you say that? Uh, they, it's because of like, um, so, you know, there's the split between the Shia and the Sunni, right? Mm-hmm. The so, two different types of Muslims. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those big, uh, shoot, I'm going to embarrass myself. Cause I know I'm getting, uh, I'm going to get some of these wrong because I don't know specifically who was who. Right. But like a lot of those organizations like ISIS, um, and like Al Qaeda and whatever, a lot of them are of the same uh religion either shia or sunni that uh saudi arabia is and their saudi arabia is the one that's that's funding them right um and then iran is the other whichever one saudi arabia is i'm i'm fairly sure iran is the other right and iran is not the one that's that's the same religion that uh those those other ones are you know i gotta i gotta get the details right i suck with middle eastern stuff um you know but yeah no uh they're they're putting out a lot of money that's going towards terrorist groups. We got to cut them off. The only reason we haven't is because we rely on them for, for oil. Oh, also, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to set the record straight real quick about like, you know, the wars that we had in the middle East. It's not literally to go and seize oil, right? A lot of people say we're, we're going over there to steal oil. It's not to go and seize oil. It's to make sure that the oil that they sell is US dollars. Uh, yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great one. Bro, yeah. that is exactly why I think Bitcoin is so important because when we have these fiat currencies like that are that are liabilities on mm-hmm. the central bank's balance sheet. Yeah. When the central bank is like a sister of the government, like mm-hmm. in the United States, our central bank, the Federal Reserve, yep. is just 12 people who <laughs> I don't like I said, I don't think they're evil. I'm sure they're doing the best they can, but like you just you can't give that kind of power. Um, or you shouldn't, I should say, you shouldn't mm-hmm. give that kind of power to humans when they can print money, when inflation is running rampant around the world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because it, it, you're right, it's not about stealing the oil. It's about keeping everything valued in the U.S. dollar. And yeah, exactly. a lot of countries are like, screw the dollar. I, you know, they, they don't want like everyone has to use the dollar. <laughs> ironically, like because of that, like everyone wants dollars because it's that global reserve currency. But at the end of the day, if from as far as I've studied, Bitcoin just seems like such a better system where global elites, central bankers, whatever people at the top cannot manipulate the money in a way that affects everyone else yeah, um, that's in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it, is really crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. And you think when you let humans just like rather than optimizing for like just constant as much profit as possible or growing as 
it's I feel like when you have a more honest form of money, humans pop, you know, optimize for better things uh, overall, mm -hmm. like advancing humanity, not trying to sell a product. Yeah, I would love to see what the world would look like like that. That'd be sweet. Yeah, on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it'd be a lot more free. We wouldn't need big government. Like government would be there to provide the roads. I'm sure to some degree, you know, we would need a military. Um, Enforce contracts. Yeah, but overall, you could really cut back. Hopefully, we could pay um, teachers, policemen, firefighter, like more, so you get the best of the best in those crucial uh, infrastructure positions. Mm -hmm. Not, um, you know, people who are are not like it's it, especially with inflation now, man. It's it, it's crazy how fast our money is being devalued. Yeah, um, uh, and not just ours across the world, like. All central banks just started printing when when uh, these past two years when COVID hit. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, yo, I've got a I've got a question because you obviously know a lot more about this stuff. So some com some companies have started accepting payment uh, in like Bitcoin or Ethereum, right? Um, mm -hmm. I feel like if you were someone that had faith in Bitcoin. Wouldn't it be a really dumb decision to pay in Bitcoin because you think that it's going to go up, right? Whereas paying in dollars, you know, you, that 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 money's going down anyways. You're not you're not you know losing more money than you would otherwise, you know. Right. It is a great question, and uh, it really depends on the jurisdiction you're in. You know, you think if you're in Africa or Venezuela, um, or, or or any Argentina, like any country that has experienced hyperinflation, if you're in one of those places. Uh, you need something that like on a relative basis kind of keeps its value and that just allows you to transact. Um, and cryptos are volatile, mm -hmm. but it's when your money is hyperinflated to the point it's like worthless, like at least uh, even if it's like such a small amount, like what we would consider a small amount here, it allows them to transact. Bitcoin is infinitely divisible. And here in the States, um, to your point, it's like, yeah, you might as well try and because when you transact in bitcoin it's a taxable event technically if you sell it for fiat at some point or say like say i bought ten dollars of bitcoin when mm -hmm. bitcoin was 10 bucks it goes to forty thousand, and then i want to use capital gains on that right exactly you have to pay capital gains when you spend it so it depends on your jurisdiction here in the states you know i, I use a u.s dollar coin on my coinbase debit card because mm -hmm. i get cash back in crypto sweet um, yeah so i can get like more bitcoins and like like you said at least I know to some degree with the dollar, even though inflation is being told it's at like 6.8% or something, even though I know uh, I'm experiencing that inflation, it's much more stable on a day-to-day -day basis where Bitcoin is obviously up and down. Um, but yeah, for someone in the States, at this point in time, I'd say it's a better argument to just try and save as much as you possibly can in Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Just pay with regular US dollars, right? Exactly. Pay all your fiat liabilities. That's why I still honestly use uh, my current bank because I need to write checks. Yeah. That's yeah. I have. But like besides that, man, it's like, you know, Venmo, Cash App, um, Robinhood, SoFi, like all, all these super apps, like you can just use to send and receive, invest in stuff. It's, it's crazy how convenient we do have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yo, actually that's something that's overlooked a little bit. Americans, right? We just have like, the easiest shit, right? Like we have access to all the best services, all the best goods, right? Um, I didn't even think about that, but you are so right. Like we are very fortunate. Um, so many services and 
things in the media, like so many things we can watch. And, and I worry sometimes, like seeing on Twitter, like people uh, getting suspended, um, like the censorship going around right now. Like mm-hmm. it, it's crazy that it's starting to happen here too in the States, which like the ethos of this country is like, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness or property, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty damn uh, liberal, so we might we might butt heads on that. But I think no, you know, honestly, I always want my my they'll swing my, back to expand. You know, I always want to remain open minded and like expand the way I see things because like that's why I said we I see these things on Twitter. I go down this rabbit hole. It's like I want to see both sides. I want to better understand. Um, you know, expand my perspective. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah, I've been listening to uh to a few different YouTubers, right? Um, that's where I get a lot of my politics from, which honestly is kind of embarrassing. But it looks like that's the direction most things are. At least you're trying to learn, man. Like I feel like so many people like, oh, like that's such a retort nowadays. Oh, you learn from social media. It's like, who the hell? Who the hell? who, Who the hell is not on social media? Like, and if you aren't respect, if you're off the grid, like. Doing your own thing, living with yeah, animals. If you're still, like, if you're still reading like newspapers, that's based, you know. I yeah, good on you. Good on you. But yes, yeah. anyways, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I, I follow one real far left guy, and I follow one uh, centrist guy, right? Those two, and you know, they both get a whole lot of hate on the internet. Um, they go by the names. Uh, the far left guy is Vosh. The uh, centrist guy is Destiny, right? They both get a whole bunch of hate. So uh, just you know. Fair warning, you know, you might get some nasty comments about that. But I think they they give uh, pretty good perspectives when you take a little bit of each, you know. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, tell find, some, me, find a good middle ground. What is something they've, like, mentioned that has resonated with you? Yeah, so, um, so Destiny, right, is the one that I, I put the most, uh, not faith, what's the word? uh credence behind right um he's he's pointed out a bunch of different uh he's poked holes in a, in a few different like narratives that have been going around um one and again this is gonna get a lot of hate i gotta learn more about this because i i can't quite talk on it yet but apparently the citizens united case wasn't actually that bad um because of the way that uh speech right works you know when you when you donate money to a political person, right, to a politician, that is a form of speech, right? And there just isn't a good way to how should I say this? I got to tiptoe, you know. I guess. Um, my, what do you mean speech? When you t- when you like like freedom of speech, freedom of choice. Yeah, yeah, or... exactly. It's a First Amendment issue, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to say donate, uh, what is it, twenty seven dollars to Bernie, right? That's a form of speech. And I say specifically twenty seven dollars because wasn't that his uh, his average you know contribution, I believe. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so that's that's just a that's a form of speech. It's basically Citizens United. It's seen as like a vehicle for um, corruption, I guess. Uh, but the problem is there's just not a better way to to protect that that form of speech right you know although i i obviously would like to see much much tighter restrictions on how much money could be given to politicians right um but i i i don't know 
Uh, but another one, you know, along those same lines, another take that comes from Destiny that uh, that's that's regarding money going to politicians. He doesn't seem to believe that uh, money in politics has as much of an influence on the policies that's being passed as the fact that just so many Americans just don't vote, you know? Uh, that if, if we had much higher voter turnout, then we just wouldn't see some of this bullshit that uh that that big companies are trying to push you know it's a good point it's i'm I'm sure the especially with ai and what you can do you can optimize to really try and get out in front of your audience or the people in the middle who you know vote Mm -hmm. um and you can target the people who vote and spend all your money focusing on that you know it's like the 20 to 80 percent rule like yeah yeah your productive work comes from 20 percent of Mm -hmm. uh your actual work (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, although the the like super hyper targeted ads i think that's super scary i think that's yes. making a, that's making a massive massive like rift in the middle where people are only now seeing the the content that actually agrees with them you know um and and i really do think that's a that's a one of the biggest dangers that's come from social media yeah the, uh, the algorithms only targeting with only targeting you with uh stuff that you like basically makes these massive echo chambers you know um that's a pretty scary issue we got to find a way to to get past that i think that actually is a massive massive problem for democracy you know a hundred percent man like who knows how much uh other countries might have put ads on social medias or you know like you said we have access to all this stuff mm-hmm. um but for talented enough hackers or whatever yeah, we know absolutely for a fact that like Russia and China have been fucking with our social media, like uh, targeting ads at people specifically to create division. You know, like that's that's been proven. That's <laughs> not even no, like. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I know. I, I totally, I totally believe um, that mm-hmm. Russia and China have manipulated ads to try and sow misinformation, increase polarization, and th- and that's mm-hmm. the most unfortunate part because it's like you're right. America is this. It's great that we have these uh, checks on power um, in a democracy and we don't want to let it rot from the inside through polarization and not being able to love someone on either side of the political aisle or getting too entrenched in your own side. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we, we, we are um, like we're all citizens of this nation and we should all be working together productively. Yeah. We should be working together productively at a global scale. And, and that's why I love Bitcoin so much, because it just allows humans to optimize for the best in society, building out important things in life. Like, and and what's the saying? It's like, you know, um, good times lead to weak men, weak men lead to hard times, hard times lead to strong men. Yeah, I I, I started like that, but. I think that's a good saying, uh, but. You know, you've seen that that Joe Rogan post on Instagram, right? The political compass, right? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. Ah, okay, never mind. I'll drop it. <laughs> no, he he put the he put the strong men in the in the off right thing, like the fascist side, and it's like that's a little bit uh yikes. You know, that's just my opinion though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm not sure I understand the meme. He he put here. I'll uh, fa- <laughs> please send it to me. I'll, I'll, on the, on the YouTube video, I'll add it in the video afterwards. Out of curiosity, what do you what have you been thinking about? Uh, I don't know if I, and I actually want to listen to the one with Robert Malone soon. Um, I haven't gotten the chance yet. 
But have you listened to any Joe Rogan podcast recently? What are your thoughts on Joe Rogan? Um, I think the last one that I've read is I mean, the last one that I watched was um the Andrew Yang one, right? Uh now Andrew Yang, I I don't really know what to think about him, right? I like a lot of his policies. Uh my top ones would be the UBI, right? UBI is pretty based. Universal um, basic income. Yeah, yeah. My See, favorite, that, yeah, what's up? I was just gonna say that that is one thing I, I I'm not sure, but continue your thought and then I'll sign it after the fact. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the economics behind it, but I like like a base floor, you know, a base floor income for everybody, you know. Um, but my favorite Andrew Yang policy, this is big brained as fuck. It's a uh, you know how we have the like the World Trade Organization, right? Yes. And it like standardizes trade, uh trade policies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he is from he uh proposed a world technological standards organization which basically would enforce that um shoot how should i explain it uh you know how like you know how you've got a you know an apple phone right an iphone and they can connect via bluetooth to like any speaker any bluetooth speaker right uh basically you know uh a little bit of back background information uh china they don't have a full technological ecosystem yet right our tech ecosystem comes out of silicon valley and they're trying really hard to catch up they think in about 10 years they'll have like an operating system that can compete with windows and apple um but when they do that their software and their hardware likely won't be compatible with a lot of the software and hardware from the west right so you won't be able to hook up our technology with theirs and that'll make a massive rift around the world with like some countries using some systems and some countries using others. And then they just won't be compatible. And that's going to be a big mess and it's going to destroy a lot of value. Right. So he is proposing a world technological standards organization that would mandate that basically all of this technology be compatible with each other. Right. Which would just go a long, long, long way uh, in bringing us all together, you know. Um, and hopefully, you know, China stuff will be compatible with us, but I feel like they probably won't have it that way. Um, you know, and the only way to, to actually mandate that that happens is through multilateral agreements, like with the World Trade Organization, that kind of thing. Um, I, I do agree that it is it's very crucial that t- citizens around the world can all have technology that talks with each other and I mean, especially for think about how many AI algorithms are going to be affected by by that. Um, exactly. Yeah. But I don't know if, or at least, what worries me is I, like I want to see something like Bitcoin allow for that to happen, so anyone can interact with each other and have that commerce and write smart contracts or other things they might need on a layer two or three solution. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the only reason that would, I feel like just more oversight or government organizations when you like when you have these. I just feel like when power can get centralized sometimes, like that's why decentralization is so based because technology is going to change the world in so many ways. And when you give that power to police it or to kind of control it to some degree um, to an organization, a a lot of times it it either gets corrupted or uh, 
I, I don't know. The centralization has led to a lot of great things, like you were saying, with Silicon mm-hmm. Valley and like all the apps we have today, Twitter, Reddit. I mean, all of them, Gmail, Google. Um, they make our life so easy in so many ways. But the power corrupts, you know? It does. Power corrupts. And we need more people optimizing for the best in humanity, not to mm-hmm. sell shitty consumer products. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah, so back to Joe Rogan. Um, I actually don't really know what to think about him at all. I just hear too many things from two different, too many sides, and I just honestly don't care enough about him to actually look into it myself. <laughs> fair, fair point. Um, yeah. Back to Andrew Yang, universal basic income. Why do you think universal basic income would be a net positive overall for society? Because I, I know Most, at this point, like inflation's running so hot, it's like, sheesh. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly, yeah, that's the thing is that we have, you know, 330 million people in the United States. If we're doing like, you know, like say even at the low end, like $500 a month, that's a shit ton of money every single month for every single person. That definitely would cause inflation. Uh, I just like the the goal behind it basically to make a basic floor, you know, like a just trying to achieve everybody being able to afford their basic like meet the basic standards for being able to live you know i want everyone to be able to pay rent i want everybody to be able to to have health care of course um and ubi is just one way that might be able to get us there you know if if i'm not i'm not married to ubi specifically if we could find a better tool to get us there i'm on board you know Oh yeah, well, I appreciate you saying you're not like married to it specifically. And yeah. uh, and honestly, like I, I'm with you on so many of these points. Just the one thing that really scares me is like having Big Brother, who like the Fed printed so much money. Like, I think it was like, and I could be wrong on these numbers. I'm no expert, but I think it was like seven trillion uh, the past two years. And, like, I don't think people understand how much money that is. Yeah, um, I don't even have perspective on that. Yeah, as humans, how can't like you look? I, you know, there's like a website. Um, I, I, I'm looking link it in this video and it, it was like showing like trying to scale out and show you how much money it, and it's just like the, it's hard to wrap your mind around it mm-hmm. um so anyways I, I feel like having a central bank that can just like if you know try and maybe do a central bank digital currency and just issue out money and like i don't want people to become more dependent on the government because that just is an excuse for the government to grow more and and you know just <laughs> Try and get uh like the, we don't need more government in our lives. I ta- tax revenue has gone up every year since the financial crash. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, but spending has just continued to grow, and our debt has just gone more and more and more up. And I, I think the best thing for the USA to do would be to embrace Bitcoin, embrace the idea that anyone can be their own bank. They don't have to have permission from some third party to do commerce with each other, and let humans let humanity optimize for the best in itself and people transacting with each other without a big brother. And I know big brother doesn't like that big brother wants to centralize that power, but I'm just, I I do hope that at some point, like we embrace it and even, you know, maybe the U S government gets it to mining Bitcoin and using nuclear power to do it. And all these governments around the world do it. And it helps build out a bunch of uh, various green and energy too for the grid, not just nuclear, which is pretty green energy as I understand it. Um, yeah, nuclear is extremely based. Extremely yeah. based. We are not hitting net zero emissions without nuclear. It just cannot happen. 
Bro, the whole idea of net zero too, and, and I could be wrong, but like as I understand it, the whole idea of like net zero is like seeming to be a bunch of bullshit. Like it's amazing that like people flying on private jets to these like summits to talk about climate change. Yeah, yeah. In reality, using power, using energy, increasing energy efficiency, increasing energy across the globe for all humans, typically it's uh really improves quality of life, doesn't deteriorate it mm -hmm. i think the the private jets going to the environmental summits i think that's just an issue of bad optics i don't think that's actually like you know uh emblematic of a bigger problem you know um because because those people are doing more good at those at those uh meetings of course than they're than they're actually uh doing bad by flying there um, See, though, that's where i i don't know if they're a lot of these people i don't think they're trying to do good for uh you let let the private companies take care of it like I don't know, on both sides of the aisle, man, you see a lot of politicians just screaming and shouting for various bullshit. And it's like, I'm sure you have, like the amount of plastic in the Pacific Ocean, for example, like who's helping with that? Private companies, you know? Mm -hmm. Mr. Beast fucking doing YouTube videos. Yeah, like, yeah, it's pretty basic. Let I the actually... private citizens take care of that shit. The government has, an, I, I don't know. So there are some good ones out there, I think, but I think the majority of politicians or people flying to these summits don't typically do more uh and i could be wrong but uh, i think it's really just I've an seen. issue of uh oh you know what no 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 it's an issue of china bro america right yeah we put out a shit ton and per capita we're really big polluters as far as it goes i think we might actually be number one per capita right but even if we in america hit net zero in the next like 10 years it does not matter if china doesn't change its ways bro like they are they are uh a big thing in china it's coal power, right? It's what's up? It's coal powered mostly in China. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, they're like, hold on, I don't want to get. I, I gotta look this up because I don't want to get my facts wrong. Um, I know India is like forty percent coal. Hold on. The one thing I feel like that's too that's hard sometimes, like at least in our media, is China always get gets portrayed as a bad guy. And while I do think mm -hmm. their government overreaches and has done some horrible atrocities and needs to stop being so imperialistic. I think the yeah. United States has been incredibly imperialistic, especially financially. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think there's probably a ton of really like good, kind-hearted Chinese citizens. Um, it's just, I, I couldn't, it's hard to try and put myself in the shoes of um, the Chinese citizen who on the one hand probably has a lot of pride and respect for his government because that's what his society deems very important. Yeah, on the other hand, nationalistic. Yeah, another dude who has a government that's like fucked up in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, the the figure is uh, sixty percent. They're getting sixty. Uh, China's getting sixty percent of their uh, power from coal, and I know India's getting more of theirs from coal. So uh, they're probably like you know, yeah, they're they're definitely not just forty. They're definitely above sixty-two. Um, yeah, no, but but a lot of that shit is like face, right? Like um, I went to China. Uh, I didn't see this for myself. I get a lot of my information from a couple of people that uh, lived there for 14 years and 10 years, respectively, two different people. Um, and they they have this video of uh, these solar-powered uh, stoplights, right? Like a lot of the stoplights in some of these first-tier cities are solar-powered, right? But they actually aren't. They just have solar panels, and the solar panels are literally not connected. Like you could see in the video, so it's all for sure. The actual, yeah, yeah. It's oh it's a concept, right? Like uh, to lose face, they're all about they're they're just all about face, you know. Man, that's just so sad. Like 
Mm. Like they, they have the power to do, to make the biggest change when it comes to the econ, uh, the, the environment, but they just aren't, you know, and yeah. Russia is actively, uh, rooting against climate change or rooting, sorry, rooting for climate change because they're the, uh, the ones that'll win out the biggest. Why? Um, because Russia is so cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so two, two main reasons, right? One, you know, they've got, uh, the biggest land, the most land mass of any country. Right, but most of it is like completely uninhabitable because of the cold. Uh, but once you know it starts warming up, uh, people are going to be able to move farther and further north, right? And also, uh, a big part of the uh, damage, um, you know, not a majority, but a whole bunch of the damage from climate change is going to hit a lot of the uh, island nations in Asia, right? And that's going to send a bunch of climate refugees up north. And so those two together are a great combination for Russia because as they have more um, land that's habitable, right, they're also going to need to fill that with people, right? So they'll be able to take in climate refugees and basically like double or triple their population, which is going to be great for them. And the second yeah. part of why it's good for them is because um, say you have goods that you want to move from like Beijing to um, – like Denmark or whatever, you know, from 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 China to somewhere in Europe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, before, you know, currently what you have to do is send it through the Strait of Malacca, which is like, you know, over by, shit, is it Vietnam, Indonesia? One of those Asian countries. You got to send it through the Strait of Malacca. You got to send it through like the Strait of Hormuz. Um, and then the other one that was blocked by the ship, uh, you know, like earlier this year or last year. Um, and you know, and then around, uh, Italy through the Mediterranean over, over to that part of, you know, to the, to the West side of Europe. Um, and that's a really, really far journey. But once that ice up in the Arctic starts melting, you'll be able to send it straight, uh, North of Russia through that ice, uh, to Europe. So that's going to open up entire new trade routes. And Russia is the one that's, that's all along that line, right? So they'll have full control over that trade route. So Russia is going to be a massive, massive winner with climate change, you know. <laughs> That's all. It's like I, I, I think of like the geopolitical implications of mm. climate change. My God, That's pretty scary, bro. Yeah. What do you think allows the world to, um, or is the best thing governments can do to try and work together to further the to further humanity? Um, rather than be so adversarial towards each other and that's a great question i wish i had an answer to that man i'd be a billionaire um yeah honestly i mean it's not working to just reinforce like hey we're all humans we're all trapped on this uh this earth together you know that doesn't seem to have been working i don't know what we can do yeah it's pretty scary i think we can remain based I think that helps. Yeah, yeah, we just <laughs> got to stay based, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, um, I know I sound like a broken record, but I think Bitcoin could really help just because I, I feel like like scientists across the world who love, you know, I, I love watching Lex Friedman's podcast um, because I don't, I don't think he gives a shit what, what he doesn't clearly. Like 
where anyone comes from, what their background might be. He just wants to learn and expand his mind and uh, advance humanity. Same with like, and I, I know Elon Musk gets a lot of slack, but I do think like his goal of trying to make humans a multiplanetary species mm. um, is so important. Yeah, yeah. One thing I kind of wish Elon had done instead of focusing on Mars, I wish he focused on on the moon, dude. Because like launching ships from the moon where it's like much lower gravity and there's no atmosphere is like a million times easier than launching them from from uh, Earth. We'd be able to get to the Mars so much uh, get to Mars so much quicker if we just launched from the moon. You know, facts. This is my opinion. No, it's very true. Yeah, we can take a quick pause, um, and then I'll just send you a link again. I'm gonna stop this recording real quick. Yep, absolutely. And we're back. I swear, we're talking about. um, We were talking about. Yeah, or just how I think we were talking about how the world can be uh, worked together to further humanity and not um, destroy ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I think, I think honestly, we just got to do it through memes, you know? Seizing the memes of productions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right now, as, as Punk6529 on Twitter likes to say. Yeah. Great follow. <laughs> so what are some things um, you've been doing recently to try and uh, stay healthy? I'll say, like, I feel like it's so hard um, to, I, I don't know, take a break from technology sometimes, get away from, like, the dopamine kick that is all of our timelines and our news feeds and uh, what AI has targeted us with with our echo chambers mm-hmm. as you call them yeah as far as like mental health goes i don't know i'm spending a lot of time with my little brother's dog who's a little sweetheart oh, um, yeah. that's pretty cool tucker he's a, he's a yep. um uh, as far as physical health goes that's a tough one i guess i don't know i lost a little bit of weight recently but i didn't really change anything so i don't know how that happened um been riding my bike a lot you know i like going on bike rides i guess oh yeah i, know, I remember I used to walk a ton too and i've been trying to yeah. do that recently and uh, i love walking so great walking man so important yeah i want to get into golf for the same reason where i can just plug in some headphones and listen to a you know youtube video and zone out yeah i've dude, i've been I'm, I'm horrible i'm still trying to break 100 but golf is awesome because it's literally that man you like you take your card out there you walk hell you mm-hmm. can drink beer if you want like yeah it, yeah it's I still, so, I still, you know, haven't really gotten the form right. It's, it's, I'm struggling with that. Like, you know. <laughs> it's hard, man. There's a book uh, I actually got it for Christmas, and um, my girlfriend's stepdad had it, and I read a little bit of it uh, called Harvey Pinnock's um, Little Red Book, and it's about some dude who was like a golf pro his whole life, and he wrote a little book with all his tips and tricks from being a golf pro his whole life, and it's actually some helpful stuff in there. I haven't broken That's 100 it. yet, but I'm, I'm going to reread it and see if Hell I, yeah. nice <laughs> I can get it to help me break 100. Yeah, I'm going to get that. Hell I'll yeah. probably just download it online, though, because honestly, fuck paying for like any kind of media. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, yeah, with everything. I mean, that's what the internet it is allowed, like file sharing and shit to be almost free, you know? Yeah, I don't um, know when the last time I paid for like a movie was. Bro, when you think about Oh, it, no, just kidding. I take it back. I paid for uh fucking Spider Man. Spider Man, the new Spider Man, bro. That movie <laughs> was so good. Oh, I just worried the dog. That movie was so good. <laughs> Holy shit! That's the best Marvel movie ever made. 
and there is not any competition. Like, not even just MCU. Yeah, that's a hot take. <laughs> what is oh, that? Yeah, you like, want to talk about that movie? Yeah, absolutely. I'll say, um, you think it's better than Avengers Endgame? Easy, easy. Wow. Easy claps, bro. No question. Yeah, no, so good. Like, you know, Avengers Endgame, I think its best strength, in my opinion, what I liked the most about it was all, like, the, the Easter eggs and the references. You know, they just showed so many things that you just uh i'm i'm you know i like comics a lot i uh started reading you know uh like marvel and dc like senior year of high school right um so i've been reading since then uh there's a lot of stuff in endgame that that comics people have just been wanting to see on the big screen for so for so long right i think uh the biggest strength of that movie was like the easter eggs man uh no way home just blew that out of the water bro Oh my god, it was so good. I did like having the different, uh, like you know, when you're gonna make you know the same movie over and over again. I did appreciate the fact they brought like all of the old actors into one. And, yes, I know, <laughs> and all the villains too. Like it was cool seeing. Uh, yeah, and they like they even that. like messed with their with their costumes and stuff. Even the villains, like they didn't use the same costumes. Electro looked totally different. True. Um, Green Goblin, he had that like hoodie. He looked sick. Yeah, did I watch the or page out on um the old like Iron Man one the other day and that movie held up so well and just also growing up and like starting to understand how like a a corporate board works and yeah uh, it's just like watch and and the whole war machine like that's kind of what where I think Bitcoin is so much better than fiat currency because I feel like fiat just optimizes for this war machine Mm -hmm. that um it's like they you know think of. And I, like I said, I know we have to have some military to a degree, but I think fiat just encourages more and more and more military spending. And we, sh- like I said, yeah, I, I, I it just goes that. back to trying to have humanity be a multiplanetary species and watching humanity flourish. Um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, you know, Elon was in Iron Man too, right? Was he really? Yeah, Gosh. he showed up for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> at the uh, <laughs> like the Monaco race or whatever. <laughs> Damn, I did not realize that. Yeah. Right Dude, it's crazy to think too, like how um, I, I guess it's pretty recently, I guess since college, I'd say that I really thought like even knew who Elon Musk was. Um, and yeah, right. Kind of, and now obviously like with the amount of money printed, obviously, I guess what I get frustrated sometimes seeing um, is when politicians yell out, tax the rich, who it's like, I feel like we shouldn't demonize those who are successful. And a lot of times the reason the wealthy can get around and pay so little in taxes is because of the, the elites are kind of the ones who write the rules. So mm-hmm. a lot of times the wealthy will just takes these tax loopholes, if you will, or they can pay brilliant accountants and lawyers to. Yeah. Yeah. Them. Honestly, we don't even need to raise the tax rates. We just need to close the loopholes. That'll that'll bring in so much money for our uh, you know our budget. We could balance the budget literally just by closing these loopholes that the billionaires take advantage of. <clears throat> yeah, that's just my opinion. One, well, I, mean, one, I, I don't I don't know the answer. Like, and I do agree to some degree. Like, yeah. I just I don't want to demonize success, but I also don't um, like having government spend less. Actually, letting the free market decide, not printing a shit ton of money and manipulating the market. For sure. Um, well, uh, side note, ignore like the growls. I'm playing with my dog, you know. I'm playing with my <laughs> dog. <laughs> <It's all> good. 
Yeah. Uh, one, one. I think the only gripe that I have with tax the rich, right, um, is that uh, people see it as a, an end on its own, right? As uh, as opposed to like a means to an end, you know. Like really, the 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 end is to to fund the programs that we want in place, uh, and then the means for that is to tax the rich, right? Whereas people just want to tax the rich just to tax them, you know. Um, I think I think we should just set the set the rates to whatever it would be that would achieve the, you know, achieve the goals that we're trying to achieve, you know. Yeah, but man. I wish they would just add a sh- like make it as transparent as possible. Let anyone go and audit it if they want. Let anyone mm-hmm. look into where the money's being spent. Oh but, yeah, and I think to a degree you can't donate your money to charity and write it off on your taxes. Um, mm-hmm. But what if like that was the tax? Like you put the money. So like say you really you love the blue, right? You yeah. put um, your all your tax donation to the police to fund the police to have the best and brightest on the force, or the teachers sure. union, or, or just the teachers, or who, whoever, whatever like group of people you really uh, really believe in and really think are crucial and important to the infrastructure of your community. Yeah, sure. And you could use your tax money to do that. Um, and I feel like if we did that across the board, like you said, to some degree, tighten all those loopholes, make it more transparent, give everyone a fair playing field, and then just let the market optimize for what it wants to do and. I'm not, yeah, but yeah. I really do think that, you know, I, I believe in humanity and I'd say I'm an optimist and <laughs> hope if they made it more transparent and not a way for just zombie companies to exist and all, you know, a bunch of BS and manipulation that goes on mm-hmm. yeah, and what is supposedly supposed to be a free market. Yeah. Just transparency, you know, transparency is key. The more we have that, the better, you know? Amen. And you can do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like in Bitcoin, you can, yeah, it's on the ledger, right? Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. It's a big ledger that uh and Satoshi aligned incentives. So it, it's worked out so far so great. Um, and anyone can go and audit it. And it's not like it says Chep transferred money to Christian, you know, it's like X two three four YZ transferred money to two three eight six four C like just yeah, so a random series of numbers and digits, you know, and so it's like it's um and it's some some people allow themselves to be identified, but if you didn't want to be identified no worries, but people can still see like the money where it's being... going. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. There is no exactly. dark money, right? <laughs> and and that's why it's just like I, I might I not know. be using that term correctly. <laughs> no, I, no, I think uh, like that's been a lot of the fud spread about it, the fear, uncertainty, and down in the media is like, oh, it's used for illicit activities. And I think a um, piece came out today talking about they did a study and Bitcoin accounts for, like of all Bitcoin transactions, I think 0.15% or something like that. Um, I'll go back and check that and link the article. But I think it's like 0.15% of uh, Bitcoin transactions are used for illicit activities. And if you compare that with cash, like it's not even close. Like cash greatly outweighs it. Um, How do people like, you know, how do do people get those numbers? It feels like, uh, it seems like, you know, there'd be no way of knowing that kind of thing, right? Sure, I don't know. Well, think about like when like the Colonial Pipeline got hacked and they paid them in Bitcoin, right? And then the FBI was able to recover that Bitcoin, like 95% of it. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. So what the FBI did is they just traced that Bitcoin. And then the second that person, um, because, you know, they went, they spun up their own node when it looked at the ledger. And then when that Bitcoin got transferred to uh, an exchange, a lot of these exchanges have KYC requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, and buy an exchange, a place where you can buy and sell your Bitcoin or cryptocurrency for fiat. So whatever currency uh, you might have in your jurisdiction. And sure. 
the second those bad actors sent that money to the exchange, the FBI contacted the exchange, said, hold that payment. That's a uh, illegal funds. That's bad Bitcoin. Um, like, you know, that's Bitcoin they, they shouldn't have. And they took those funds back and Wait, not so all of them were able to recover the majority of uh, the hack. So what you're telling me is that the feds did something based? What? <laughs> I saw another article today. I'm not even going to try and get num- guess numbers, but I, I think I saw like that uh, the public distrust of the uh, the feds, the FBI. Um, is that like an all-time high recently or something? Sorry. <laughs> What's up? One more time. I was, I was just saying that the public, I saw something today that like the public distrust of the fed, um, yeah. the FBI. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say the Fed because I don't want to confuse it with the Federal Reserve. Feds, the, plural. Feds, yeah. <laughs> the FBI. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just w- more transparency. We shouldn't be punishing whistleblowers. Free uh, Ross Albright. Free Julian Assange. Like, yeah. yeah, I do not know what side of the Julian Assange thing is. I'm, it might sound like I'm Fed posting right now. I don't. I uh, don't know enough about Julian Assange to. to... To, uh, to take a side either way um i i've heard something you know shoot i'm i'm in a weird place politically where i'm paying more attention to both sides right and so i'm uh you know actually julian assange is uh is a uh, kind of an exception to that because i see a lot of love for him on both the left and the right right but um mm-hmm. usually that left is like the far left well, I, I feel like he, it's freedom of the, um, you know, it's like press freedom. And like he was just exposing American war crimes. Um, and I'm not. I'm oh, not yeah, no, exposing war crimes is based as fuck. No question. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, worried about that. I just uh, heard that. Oh, sorry. I uh, stepped on the computer. Yeah. Either way, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself if I uh, take this one. I got to, I got to um, look more into that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. It, like what was what is the hes- hesitancy? Um, and no, no, no judgment. Like I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just... So the hesita- hesitancy from my side was that there was a number of uh, leapfrog bases, right? So, so military bases that uh, are used for like you know, the stuff that 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 would not otherwise have been known about, right? And uh, we had we had like um, agents sorted there. And apparently they're uh, they were compromised by the fact that that information was put out, right? So, um, you know. But again, I got to look way more into that. True. No, I mean, there, there's always what is the saying? There's three sides to every story. You know, each uh-huh. person's in the truth. Yeah, um, absolutely. And while explosive war crimes, incredibly noble act, and of course, I think it's horrible to see what that man is going through now for trying to do his job incredibly well. Yeah, does suck that he's uh, holed up in an embassy. Oh no, 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 he's out. Of, did we? Where is he now? Where is I he think now? he's still at the embassy, but I think we're still trying to extradite him. True. Yeah, all I know is that if I were stuck in an embassy for years, I would fucking blow my brains out. I'm just going to say it. That is <laughs> he's, he's way more uh, convicted than I am. You know, he's got stronger convictions than I have. Yeah, it sounds horrible, and I appreciate him exposing war crimes. Um, but like I said, too, I, and I don't know. I'm no expert. But if it led to uh, U.S. military forces or people being compromised, obviously that is also not good. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the money. I mean, uh, hit the nail on the head. Resize <laughs> every story. Put the nail through the money, though. Uh, we need Bitcoin, and we need it like yesterday. Um, but I, I no, I can't. I, I think it'll be used in the future, and it'll slowly become that global reserve currency, and hopefully leads to mm-hmm. a much better world where world governments aren't so worried about their geopolitical influence, but rather yeah. just 
optimizing for their citizens and creating a prosperous, um, good world where every person can have their own private property and uh, optimize for what they want, not for what someone else wants. Yeah, I've got the same opinion about uh, Bitcoin become, becoming the new like, you know, world currency as I do of the the European Union federalizing, right? I personally don't know whether it would work out well or poorly, but if it did work out well, I would love to see what that looked like. When you say the European Union federalizing, you mean like kind of becoming like the European states, state, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The United States of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> the USE. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it would work out well or not. I don't know what the fuck it would look like, but if it did work out well, I'd like to see what it looked like, you know? Yeah, and I mean, they're kind of like that, right? Like, you can, I don't know, with uh, all the fucking bullshit lockdowns, but mm-hmm. like, at, a, at some point, you were able to travel freely between any of those countries, right? Like, that were in the EU, and... Uh, yeah. That is yeah, a, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, same with England until Brexit, man. That was such a fumble. Yeah, I don't know really much about it, but that is kind of crazy they left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although uh, it might work out well for them because, like, America, you know, we're we're <clears throat> kind of pulling back internationally, right? We're not like uh, as involved with other countries, or we're we're moving in the direction that we're not going to be as involved with other countries as we we have been, right? There's like, you know, like six or seven real big, um, you know, not big as in like massive, but like important uh, countries that we're going to be sticking with in the future that we're uh, targeting as like our main allies. And then we're letting the rest of the world more do its own thing. Um, Shoot, I got to show you, I got to send you this really good, uh, this good talk by this guy named Peter Zihon, right? Is uh, like a, what's the word? He's just like a strategist, you know. Um, it's on YouTube under the YouTube uh, channel Geopop, right? Geo isn't like you know G E O Geopop. Yep. Uh, he, he has some really base takes. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go and refresh and watch that video again because before I could talk more on it. But uh, yeah, definitely check it out if you get the chance. Yeah, no, send the uh, links, man. I'll attach them. I always like to go back and edit and put up a little uh, picture. Nice, but, I like that. Yeah. I always like to end these podcasts by uh, opening up the floor for you to ask me one question. It could be as simple as like, what's my favorite ice cream flavor? It is something extremely personal. Um, and I also Ooh. have a question for you. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to take it? Uh, yeah. Why don't you go first? And I'll try to think of something. Word. So in your Twitter bio, you have individual rights, systemic solutions. And, and I'd love to know kind of what that means to you in, in an ideal world. Obviously, you don't live in a utopia. Humans are random wild crazy incredible creatures and we do very unpredictable things but i would love to know best case scenario what does uh that mean to you that's awesome awesome question um yeah so i'll start with the with the individual rights right um obviously human rights massively important to me probably my number one you know issue Mm -hmm. um and i think generally when people have more rights they're able to make better decisions. And that's both uh, positive, right? Um, You know, if we're talking about rights as in freedoms, we're talking about uh, not just just, uh, positive freedoms, but also lack of, um, what's a good way to say this? Okay, Uh, yeah, so, so, you know, a positive freedom would be like, hey, I'm allowed to go out and, and, 
uh, get drunk whenever I want, right? That's a positive freedom. It's something that I can do. But a lack of negative freedoms, a negative, hmm. sorry, it's tough to put into words. So, so on the other end, it would be a lack of things that are inhibiting you from, uh, from doing what you want. Basically, if you want to go and move across the country, you can't do that if you don't have like the funds to be able to set up like a moving, um, being able to, ah, it's tough to put into words. Shoot. Okay. Either way, I'm just going to move on from that. Uh, no, I think rights, like, generally when people have more rights, they, I think they make better decisions. Yeah. Um, education is a big thing of that. It gives you more freedom. So that important. Yeah. Uh, systemic solutions that comes in because generally if you're trying to change problems, you can't look at it from an individual standpoint, right? That's why the, that's why the systemic is really important. Really all these changes are changes that we need to make on a systemic level, you know? Like an institutional level? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of stuff is really, really important to me. Um, yeah. And yeah. you can't really have one without the other, you know? Yeah, and you know, from the system, systemic solutions, I think Bitcoin can kind of be that ground-up way rather than top-down because it's going to be the individuals like myself and the millions of other people in the world who have opted into it and in some of these countries where they really need it and are transacting with it um, on a day-to-day -day basis. It's very hopeful. Yeah. And, uh, I think at some point we'll see big institutions and the likes uh, hopefully get into it and embrace it more and more. And like we kind of talked about earlier, there will become a point where people don't even know they're interacting with the Bitcoin software. Uh, yeah. Just interacting with um, their device. And it's so simple, man. They never even have to see the layer one solution. They don't even need to know what a blockchain is or yeah, I like that. How, uh, why yeah, but that said, I do think it's so good to go down the rabbit hole and for people to learn about it and see how powerful and freeing this technology is and learn about the central banks and like what even is money, you know, just a unit of account, medium of exchange, store of value, like mm -hmm. and why when you give that power to 12 people, and the case of the US is Federal Reserve. <sighs> They can print <laughs> a lot yeah. of it. They've got, they, they can make decisions. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. make decisions that affect a whole lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely put. Exactly. Yeah. I'm still trying to think of a good question. Um, you can toss me a softball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, good, good, good question. Let me think. Um, shoot, maybe we could just like splice this out and just cut to. Got to the point where I actually think of something. <laughs> <laughs> I might keep that in just for the from here. I'll splice it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. It's not really like a. Hmm. No, you're good, man. That's beauty. It can be anything. Oh, I got one. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you said it could be like, you know, anything you don't care, you know, if people hear it or whatever. No, but that's why I like to leave it open. You know, if someone wants to ask me a hard question, I, I try to be as open and honest and authentic and willing to change my mind. Um, and I, well, this isn't uh, this isn't one that that requires all too much thought. All right, <laughs> way back in the day, uh, back when we, uh, you know, yeah, way back in the day, every now and then we, when we had spectacular shits, we used to send each other pictures. You want to get back into that? <laughs> i think there's an app for that now there's like a poop app where like you can let someone else know if uh <laughs> dude i totally <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> all 
And, and dude, when you think like and, and all humans at some point in their lives, like you look back at the shit you did and you're like, that is so cringe. But in the moment, man, it was so funny. Um, and that's why it's so important to keep an open mind. And why I believe personally that we're all human. We all have followers. We all do fucked up shit and why you need, <laughs> no pun intended, and why you mm. need to decentralize the power and let uh, humans come to consensus. And I really do believe Bitcoin is becoming that powerful force that can allow uh said different pictures of the shit. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I no, let's move them as NFTs, bro. Bro, bro I saw there was, I'm getting sent articles from my buddy. There's a fucking influencer or something who's selling NFT farts now. She was originally selling oh farts like God. in a jar. <laughs> it is now selling NFT farts. So not only Whoa. I guess can you get the fart in the jar, you like get... metaverse farts. No, bro, she's actually farting in a jar and fucking oh. mailing it as I understand it. Wait, how do, how does that translate to an NFT? I'm curious. So like you like do the NFT is like it's just like a non-fungible token. So you yeah. think a fungible item like uh, cash is fungible. You can interchange yep. it. It's so non-fungible token. Yeah. It's like a one of one. Yep. yep. Um, and you, I guess. Yeah, that's the it. only thing I understand about NFT is is the actual like definition of what a non, non-fungible <laughs> means, you know? If I had any advice for anyone, I'd say, A, first, go do your own research. Go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. None of this financial advice. We are not experts. But I, I think the best asset you can buy at this point in time, personally, my opinions, is Bitcoin um, and learning about it. And the rest of it, it's kind of cool to some degree or whatever. But I, I think it's kind of like. Oh, oh, I got a better question. I got a better question. What? Dogecoin, is it a fucking scam or not? I think Dogecoin is a great lesson in the virality of memes <laughs> to tie it back True. to the very beginning. Um, Good answer. And, <laughs> and I think, like I said, I think Bitcoin is the only one like that matters in the rest yeah, of the Bitcoin world. Bitcoin has actual infrastructure behind it that can be used for stuff, right? It's just like the most powerful. That It's like the hardest to attack, the biggest. And um, it's kind of hard to articulate in like a short just as like from from what i understand it is like really the only it's the only currency that has a chance at becoming a global reserve currency the rest of them are cool and fun and nothing against them and i've traded around in altcoins and i play i have some nfts like i own the domain name benmucker.crypto on the polygon yeah, blockchain um but I just think, and I, I literally for this podcast, I make these things called bitmuckers. And if this ever gets big, and an anonymous person wants to buy a bitmucker, they can use that to come on this podcast. No. Um, and I just like making them at night on my iPad, like I just do it on Percrate, and it's fun, and it's really worth nothing. I would literally, at this point in time, accept any bid, um, put on a bitmucker. But I, I think they, I wouldn't say it's a sound investment. And most like I think Bitcoin really is the. The only one that has any shot at becoming a global reserve currency, and I hope that is the mission that, or that is the one that breaks out and just. I could be wrong, but I, I really do think that it could lead to a, a much more honest, open, transparent, yeah, better. Yo, I might world. cop one of those bitmuckers. In fact, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go as far as say, everyone that's listening to this right now, this podcast is gonna fucking blow up. It's guaranteed. The surefire investment. Fuck what Wall Street people say. There are surefire investments. <laughs> no, Go and get some bitmucker today. Pay a hundred bucks per one. Get that shit. Uh, well, Christian, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was great catching yeah. up. Yeah, back at you, dog. It's good to catch up. Oh yeah, we'll have to have you back on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure, my man.